In this episode, I talk with Steve Wong, who has a long history in pickleball as he started playing the game in 1991. Steve has done so much in the sport, including being a founder of USA Pickleball Association, winning a national championship, and starting two pickleball companies, Onyx and Armor Pickleball. Steve has seen so much growth in the sport, yet he still has an ultimate dream for pickleball. So let's get to the intro so we can hear more about that. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the podcast, Steve Wong. How are you doing today, Steve? Good. Thanks a lot. Well, Steve, I really wanted to have you on the podcast because I think in doing some research on your background, you have probably played pickleball longer than I think anybody else I know about. Thanks. I've been playing since 1991, so quite some time now. And how did you first get started in the game? <clears throat> I actually learned at Odell Middle School in Bellevue, Washington, since the game was kind of developed in the Northwest. They taught it in my gym class. And it was just a funny little story that my eighth grade gym teacher, Mrs. McCurdy, she she actually wanted me to play. Actually, she was actually not my gym teacher. She was my arts teacher. And that was the funny thing. And she got me addicted to pickleball. So we had a little after school tournament and her and another teacher, Mrs. Rice, challenged my friend and I, and it was just, we just got hooked on it. So it was so much fun. And so did you start playing it regularly after, you know, you were in eighth grade? Um, so one of the, the, one of the things is back then, this is like 1991, a long, long time ago, and courts weren't very accessible back then. So we played in gym for about one week, and I really were, I was fascinated by the sport, but <clears throat> it didn't really grow back then yet. So I took a hiatus. I actually lived in Minnesota for a while, and then I moved back to Washington in 1998, and I found that Bellevue 24-Hour Fitness had pickleball courts inside the gym, and that's when I really got hooked on it. I used to play all the time after school, after work. And so really since 98, I've been playing fanatically. Was it hard to find competition back in 1998 to play? Actually, no. The sport has really changed and grown. Excuse me. But back then, I was lucky and fortunate enough to find a good good group of players at the gym, the 24-hour fitness in Bellevue. And coincidentally, I met this guy. His name is Mark Friedenberg, and they call him Yoda. He's a Hall of Famer. He's actually one of the co-founders of the USA Pickleball Association with me. So Mark and I and a bunch of other people created the USAPA in 2005. But I found him there in the late 90s, and he actually played at the same gym. And everybody was talking about how great this guy was. And I was kind of a young buck that was just kind of eager to play. So I found him at the gym. We started playing together, and I've, I've known him since then. We've been on the courts together over 20 years, and he's a good friend of mine. He actually winters out here in Surprise, Arizona still, so I still see him all the time. But him, along with other great players, Chris Miller, LaVon Major, locals, Faye and Ming, so all of these players, we actually had a great following of people. And a lot of people you know, worked day jobs, and they would come together around 6 p.m., play a few days a week and the gym was open 24 hours so we actually played till like midnight or 2 a.m sometimes on the weekends 
Wow, that sounds great. I wish I could find that much activity here in Connecticut at night. Unfortunately, I think most people are playing during the day, which is when I'm working. So that's a bummer. I'm sure you'll find it. So you just have to, you know, you have to get to the point where you can retire and travel around and play pickleball all day like many other people. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll look forward to that. So I'm really interested in, you know, it sounded like you and your friends created the USAPA.org association and website. Kind of give me a little bit about what was involved in getting that started. Oh my goodness, it was pretty crazy. This is kind of some history about it. But Mark Friedenberg and I, like I said, we've played for a long time. And then he came across the domain USAPA.org because he was he he inherited that domain. He actually owned ProLite Sports before. So we were talking about growing the game. And I had an IT background. I used to work for like AT&T Wireless. I did web stuff. I did Unix and all the sorts. So we started talking and he saw that I was kind of a young entrepreneur that was really gung-ho in the sport. So after talking about it for months and months, we just said, let's just do it. There was, there was some people that like the game the way it is. It's, it's very social and it's fun, but we, all, we always had the idea that it was going to grow bigger and bigger. And to this day, it's amazing how big it's grown, you know, like 15 plus years later. Mark and I talk about this to this day. So then Mark actually roped in myself and we, you know, I built the website, took me a couple months to start. And then we got other people that are just wonderful people like Fran Meyer and Barney Meyer. And we we just had a really good group of people. We had a rules committee. Dennis Dewey started that. We had Ernie Perry involved. So we had all of these people that you hear about today in the sport. But we just decided if we don't if we don't do something now, the sport's not going to take off like it should. And luckily, we all came together. We had board meetings every month. We sometimes we had it at Leela Reed's house. She was also a founding member and the treasurer. So all of these people participated and chipped in and volunteered their time, creating rules, marketing, you know, talking about the sport, being ambassador of the, of the sport. Earl Hill was the original ambassador of the sport, and he created the ambassador program. And there's thousands and thousands of ambassadors to this day. And it's probably thanks to Earl Hill, because he he lives in Arizona. He was a retired guy. And he said, the only way to grow this sport is to get people that love this sport like we do and let them be ambassadors. So that program just took off. And now we have ambassadors worldwide. And that's why we have, you know, over three and a half million people playing the sport. And that's really incredible, too, because I had not been involved in any other sport in my life where there were ambassadors. So I was really surprised to, you know, hear how many there are in pickleball and how they influence the game and the the participation. Yeah, it's amazing because in this sport, we we take to the social aspect of the game. And so you'll just meet somebody for the first time. And it's it's a game where you can be competitive but still have a lot of fun where, you know, you're willing to help the next person out. That's why I really like and appreciate the people that actually go the extra mile to give back to the sport. They want to teach people. They want to grow the game. And they're just not trying to be the best player in the world. There's a lot of amazing players out there that do that. And that's what I appreciate. Well, one of the things, too, is that, as you mentioned earlier, you were and are an entrepreneur in relationship to pickleball. 
give me a little bit of background in terms of the company or companies that you've founded. Yeah. So thanks for asking that. In 2005, my now ex-wife, Heidi Wong, and I, we created Onyx Sports. And that was, you know, our, our success story in 2005. So my thing was, I can help grow the sport by creating the USAPA and working with that. So I did that. We also created our own brand of paddles. It was originally called S-Type Sports, and we later redeemed it to Onyx Sports. And Onyx, to this day, still exists. It's owned by Escalade Sports. It's a big brand. I'm very proud of their success as well. They're out of Indiana. So Onyx grew and grew, and it was just amazing. I was the first company to, to sell to big box stores. So I was the first company to be in big sporting goods the sports authority before um, they went under. But it was really awesome because being an entrepreneur and also growing in the game, I could just see trends. And I figure my mentality is as long as I grow them separately, they're still grow. And the marketplace was there. So I ended up selling Onyx in 2015. And like I said, it's still going to this day. A lot of the people that I know from before are still really good friends of mine that I see on the, on the courts. A lot of the people that I've sponsored in the past are still, you know, with them as well. But now I also have a new brand and I'm really excited to talk about that, but it's called Armor Pickleball. And me and about five other families have gotten together. And these people are just legitimately in love with the game where our mission is really to enrich lives. So if you go to like armorpickleball.com and also find us on Facebook and Instagram, that's kind of our mission. So I'm still kind of the face of it. We have ambassadors and sponsored players out there everywhere. We're doing a lot of charitable things to grow the game and also just kind of grow the community. And uh, we just did a clinic just a few days ago that was a free clinic for just a small group of people in in Arizona. And that's that's kind of what we're about. We're really grassroots, just trying to enrich lives through the sport of pickleball. So we have our mantra is we have all things pickleball. So we have like ball carts. We have six different models of paddles. We got, you know, clothing. So please check that out and support us because that's kind of how we give back. Being an entrepreneur to kind of conclude is at 20, in 2015, I was kind of fortunate enough to be able to retire or semi-retire. And then I figure, well, I still love this game. So I still find myself going to tournaments and seeing friends and stuff. So later on in 2019, we were able to start a new company called Armor Pickleball. And now we can still reach out and, you know, give back to the community and keep growing the brand and still having fun with the sport. And so how does Armor Pickleball, do you think, you know, differ from the first company that you started back in 2005, Onyx? Well, Onyx has grown tremendously as well. They're backed by a big company called Escalade Sports, and they're doing um, amazingly well too. And that's kind of our goal as well. We want to make sure we grow and keep on growing, but we also have the grassroots in mind. So I'm a former national champion. I've won several medals, nationals. I've also ran the 2012 national tournament. I've been a part of the USAPA. I've run clinics all over the world. I've done clinics in Europe, you know, a few years ago. So my resume, and I'm, I'm just really blessed because my resume for pickleball is great. I tell people I'm probably really crappy at everything else, but in pickleball, I'm pretty good. <laughs> and so I'm just lucky that with Armor Pickleball, the people that I'm with 
these people are actually professors at Grand Canyon University. These people are so gung-ho about pickleball that they're going to put the growth of pickleball first. And really, when we say grassroots, we want to get out there on the same court with you. We want to promote the game. We want to promote our company, obviously, and do it together in a way that everybody's going to benefit. So we are actually empowering people to really give back to the game and then to become champions, too. So we're not saying that we don't want the you know number one players and champions. We do. We're having fun, being competitive, and we're also creating all things pickleball. So in the next several years, I want to see everything on a pickleball court with our logo on it that we're really proud of. It's kind of a circle that's very sim- similar to a, a pickleball uh, in an abstract way. But that's kind of our mission is to enrich lives to the sport of pickleball. And we do that just by that grassroots mentality of showing up at the courts when they don't expect us. You know, we'll just go out there and we'll play with people. And then they will just be excited that, you know, a higher level player or a national champion would take the time to play with me. So that's what we're about. Well, that, that sounds great. And do you do much, I mean, obviously with the, the free clinics and, you know, showing up and, and teaching, you know, is, is teaching really a big part of what you do right now? It is. Cause that's my way to connect with people. So I do lessons all week long. Like I said, I'm in the surprise Arizona area. I also frequent like the Irvine, Tustin, California area. Cause I have family there. But I do a lot of lessons, so people could always reach me at steve at armorpickleball.com. And locally, I probably spend maybe, it depends on the season, but right now I probably have about six to ten regular students. But I'm looking for the people that want to take their game to the next level. So I'm always available to do lessons locally, like I said. But I have probably, like you said, six to 10 that are diehards that have really improved from like three, five level to four, five and five oh in just like under a year. So I, I kind of fuel that passion. And then I'm just really excited to be a part of their journey because I think that's what makes the pickleball story. Whether you want to be a five oh or if you want to be an entrepreneur in this game, if you want to grow a website or you're doing some amazing things with pickleballfire.com from what you've told me about. So things like that is definitely going to enhance the sport. And I'm all about that. Well, one thing you mentioned earlier, too, is that you're kind of have been and are in a position to see trends within within pickleball. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, whether it's, you know, trends in, in the game itself or just in the growth or either one. Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background. And um Actually, Jen LaCour and Beverly Youngren created a really good history of pickleball book that everybody should read. But it's funny because, like I said, we started in 2005. We're actually out of the Washington area. So Seattle, Washington uh, was home based. Surprise, Arizona had a big following for pickleball. But back then it was really like Florida had the villages where they had like, I don't know, maybe at the time 80 or 100 courts. And now they're over 200 pickleball courts in the villages but you know florida was a hot spot arizona was a hot spot and in washington we had the best players because we had kind of a really competitive young group that was up and comers and then as the sport grew i would say 2009 was a huge turning point for this sport and i actually attributed to barney meyer and fran meyer barney passed away unfortunately but those two were the first ones that were on the board of the USA PA. 
And those guys were the first ones that wanted to create this national tournament. So the nationals that we have every year, besides this last year, the nationals came about because of those two. They were the ones that kind of spearheaded it. They were the brainchild, brain children behind it. So those guys created the first national tournament and it was in festival in Buckeye, Arizona. And it was like, it's kind of a small community feel. And now we have the nationals at, you know, a major venue like Indian Wells. So from 2009 all the way up to present day, look at the change. So 2009, it kind of kept on growing. It got more and more visibility. Kind of my heyday and my prime was in 2012. I was able to win a few national titles that year. I won mixed doubles with Lydia, and then I won men's doubles with Enrique Ruiz, one of the best players I know, and also a Hall of Famer. So back in that year in 2012, I think was an amazing year. I co I co ran the tournament, the 2012 Nationals with Gigi Lamaster. She was a student of mine, a great friend of mine, and she's a, a great coach. She's doing clinics all over the U.S. right now, but we ran that tournament together and we had a great group of people that volunteered like d davidson she's a local as well we had all of these people put their heart and soul into running the tournament and then i also played the tournament as well and was very successful fortunately but that's the kind of the cool dynamic is the the sport really took off then because there was more youtube videos people were doing more interviews at that time i quit my day job from working in seattle i used to work at f5 networks as an IT project manager, I quit my day job, relocated my family to Arizona, worked on pickleball full time. And then that's kind of like the beginning of the next chapter where the sport took off and, and also my involvement of the sport kind of took off as well. Because from then you saw YouTube videos turning up left and right. The Nationals kind of moved from, from Buckeye, Arizona to Casa Grande. And they had, I think it was like 40 courts or somewhere around 40 courts. And so the, the sport kind of kept on going and going because it got more professional. There was more videos. People, people started hitting the scene. There were more pros. I was like the first pro out there that actually quit my day job. And people were wondering like, how can I afford being a pro and just doing pickleball full time? Well, luckily I was, you know, my income was supplemented by having Onyx. So that helped. And I had a great clientele and a great customer base, but not everybody's able to do that. But then the sport kind of took off a little bit further when we started seeing pros and we started seeing people like traveling around and teaching pickleball. We see now fast forward, you know, maybe eight years. Now we have modern day champions out there like Ben Johns, like, gosh, I've actually played against Ben Johns a few years ago when he was first hitting the scenes and him and his partner beat me in nationals. And they were playing just really well. That was before Ben Johns was like the Ben Johns. And now his game is just unstoppable. But what I like about Ben Johns is he's still very humble and he still kind of gives back. And he's, you know, he'll spend time with you. And Ben's a really good, cool guy. And you have like pros like Tyson McGuffin. And then just Simone is just amazing. So now the sport is kind of changing because there's more professionals out there that are dedicated to growing the game. They're also making a living doing pickleball and they're pros that are trained and certified and stuff. I just recently became certified with PPR and I think they're a great organization out there too. So there's so many things that are kind of propelling the game to the next level. There's the U.S. Opens, there's the Nationals, all of these things, there's 
you know, clubs opening everywhere. I do, like I said, I do tons of clinics so people can reach out to me and I love to travel around and teach and it's definitely very affordable as well. So yeah, long story, not as long. Now the sport's to the next level and now we really got to get it to the Olympics into every school out there. Yeah, I've heard a number of people say that about, you know, getting the juniors going, getting into the Olympics, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah, I mean, I had a mission even when I owned Onyx back in the day, starting starting my own company. My mission was, well, I think the bottleneck is the pickleball is not out there for everyone everyone yet. I mean, it's very social from a lot of our retirement communities, but there were not a lot of public courts. In fact, I created this prize pickleball association with a bunch of volunteers in 2011, 2012, and we fundraised to get eight public courts. And then now there's 16 total right in the city of Surprise where people play all the time. They're always packed. But now it's kind of cool to see that there's courts sprouting up all over the country. But really the dream that I've had is, can you imagine if there's pickleball courts in every school, you know, all the way from elementary, all the way up to, you know, high school and college. A lot of my, a lot of my peers, the people that are in my company, they also teach, like I mentioned, at Grand Canyon University. So they've been instrumental in starting the intramural program and also like club sports there. So like Andre Mooney, Matt Hampton, Bob Green, those are guys that are part of my team. They're also dedicated to growing pickleball in schools. So if there are pickleball courts accessible in all the schools, it gets competitive. There's more money in it that, you know, parents will kind of put the kids in programs for pickleball. There's scholarships. They could win money at the U.S. Open, at nationals, and bigger tournaments throughout. Then pickleball is going to grow from three and a half million people to all of a sudden 20 million people. And then it's going to really take the world by storm. That's that's what I predicted. That's what I hope. Well, great. Yeah, I definitely hope to see that too. And, you know, I've just got a couple more questions for you because I know you're you're busy out there <laughs> promoting sure. pickleball and doing grassroots. But one thing you said a little bit earlier, just to get a little bit more into kind of the instruction end of things, is that you've got some regular people that you work with who are, you know, moving from the 3.5 to 4.5 or 5.0 level. Tell me a little yeah. little bit about how you how you take somebody from kind of that intermediate level to a, a very good player. It always starts with the desire. I mean, my, my calendar is always booked. People write to me frequently, whether it's on Facebook, they hit me up on Messenger or email or even a text, but it's really the desire that they have. You know, I can't force anybody to become a 5-0, but I could always teach them strategy and technique. And that's what I start every lesson by. And then I ask them, what do they want to learn? What do, what's the weaknesses in their game? Why are other people beating them? And then I also kind of tell them a little bit of my story and, and how it takes a hard work. You know, pickleball is a sport. It's a competitive sport. So you can't stand there and not be ready and expect to always hit every ball back perfectly. So it takes footwork. It takes coordination, anticipation, strategy. Like I said, technique, moving with your partner if you're playing doubles, that mindset as well. So everybody that I've talked to, I blend a lot of my lessons into like making sure that they understand that this is not easy. I mean, you're playing against people like Ben Johns and Simone out there you need to be the best that you can. And even if you hit a good shot, it's probably not good enough to be a winner against those guys. It needs to be a better shot. So some of the things that I teach them is how to do it and why to do it. 
but it takes their hard work and dedication to hit the courts, get a drilling buddy, practice with a ball machine over and over again to take it to the next level. Because it just doesn't happen overnight. You need to put the work into it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And just out of curiosity, are you still playing in tournaments? I'm playing lots of tournaments, yeah. I had a health scare a couple years ago, but I'm back on the scene. I've been playing pretty much all my adult life. Like I said, I've won lots of national titles. In 2015, I won mixed up 35 plus with Joy Lising. Recently, I've, I've medaled in the Red Mountain tournaments. And then the PPA in Vegas recently, I got gold with Kai Mackin. Sarah Ash and I got silver in the 5035 plus at the PPA tournament as well. So I'm playing at the pro level. I'm playing lots of tournaments. I'll play at the PPA tournament in Mesa or no, in, in Phoenix or, or so next month in the, in Arizona. So I'm definitely very involved in the scene in the, in pickleball. Yeah. Teaching a lot, coaching and promoting armor pickleball. So, yeah. All right. Well, then just to finish up, let me know which paddle you use and why. Right now, I'm, per- I'm currently using the Axiom paddle as one of the first ones that I created. We have this compressed core technology that's kind of proprietary to us. Like I said, all of our paddles are on armorpickleball.com. But our latest release, and we've got a cool commercial featuring it, is the Helio paddle. And so I'm also playing with that intermixed with the Axiom but that's the composite in the graphite Helio. And that's our 16 millimeter thick line of paddles. That's kind of our premium paddles. Why I'm playing with them and it has that extra pop, but it still maintains that control. So I'm very intense when I play and that that power that it gives me and just uh, gives me that little extra spin as well that I just love. So yeah, check out our paddles, but the Helio and the Axiom. All right. Well, great, Steve. I really appreciate you being on the podcast today. Well, I appreciate you having me. And like I said, yeah, we're Armor Pickleball on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm glad to support pickleballfire.com as well. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 